But besides that, you know, running does remind you that great things come to those that work hard, not to those who wait. This one's radio episode 671 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to take a second and uh, let you know that one of the many ways that you can support what we've got going on here, the things we're doing, the things that are still to come, of which there are many, um, just trying to prioritize, you know, which which order to, to roll things out because uh, one man show here can't do everything all at once. But uh, anyway, one of the ways that you can support uh, all the things that we've got going on here in the uh, the Diz Runs Empire is uh, via the Patreon platform. Uh, I've talked about it before. I'm going to do a, a couple of things to, to kind of tweak and overhaul and, and update things a little bit on Patreon. Uh, some extra boosts for those that have already been supporting uh, the show for a while and uh, maybe some extra enticements to help get you on board if that would be something that you'd be interested in doing. But uh, if so... The process is real easy. You, you go ahead and, and you sign in. Uh, you, you pledge a certain amount of money each month to support what we've got going on here, to keep the lights on, to uh, you know, to, to buy me that proverbial cup of coffee each month. And um, you know, if you ever need to need or want to change and adjust, you can do that. You can, uh, of course, adjust down if necessary, cancel your pledge at any time, uh, or you can be like uh, Kevin Matthewson, who. Uh, bought me an extra cup of coffee or is planning to buy me an extra cup of coffee moving forward uh every month here in uh in 2019 or at least at least for now at least uh, maybe not maybe let me not put my uh, cart in front of my horse but uh at least for the first month that's that's the plan and hopefully uh he won't be adjusting the pledge down but you know if necessary that's something that uh obviously you can do so if your if your budgetary situation changes um I get it I understand we've had a lot of folks that have come on for 6 months 8 months and then you know they've had to to drop off and I and I get it and uh, obviously there's some folks that have been sticking around for 10 12 18 months uh and those are obviously very much appreciated but uh anyway if if you want to check out the the options that are available, like I said, more more goodies to come. Uh, Patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Dizruns is uh, the, the link that'll take you right there. You you set it up uh, kind of NPR style, whatever whatever you uh, think the show is worth uh, each month. You can, you can send that my way. Keep the lights on. Keep the coffee in the cup uh, because uh, the more coffee... The more, the more I'm able to do, that much is certain. So, thank you, Kevin, for for upping the pledge. Thank you, everybody who has have been in, uh, you know, been in the group for a while. Um, much, much appreciated. I really, really do appreciate it. And like I said, lots of things coming, uh, and I'm I'm always trying to think of more things that I can do for those of you who, uh, you know, who really support what we're doing financially. It means it means so much. But anyway, I'll I'll update more on that later. Uh, but for now, Patreon.com/slash/dizruns, and let's go ahead and now dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today I'm going a few easy miles with a lady that uh, has recently set a pretty big running goal for herself and she's really already, I mean, 
making some serious progress, chipping away towards uh, reaching that goal. And obviously, we'll get into that uh, quite a bit as we go along. And uh, additionally to her running, she's uh, also got the, a few other labels that uh, a lot of us can probably relate to. She's a marketing expert entrepreneur. Uh, she's a mom. And uh, she also happens to be my best friend's wife. So uh, it's a pleasure today to be able to chat with uh, Miss Amy Mangueta. So thanks for joining us today, Amy. I'm, I'm excited for it, looking, for, looking forward to it, and uh, glad, you're, glad you could be here for a bit. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, guys, if, if you haven't connected with Amy yet, uh, on, on the Instagram, probably the best place to handle there is at Project Amy. Just all one word, all like it's spelled, or spelled like it sounds, Project, P-R-O-J-E-C-T-A-M-Y. And uh, as per usual, we'll have things linked up in the show notes for today's episode. And uh, you can get over there, get Amy's contact info, photos, all, all that good stuff. Dizruns.com slash 671 will take you to the show notes for today's episode if you are so inclined. So, uh, Amy, the way we always start off the show, and, and you've listened to it before, so you know this is coming. This is definitely not uh, not one of those cases where I'm surprising somebody with, with this question. But uh, you know it's coming. I'll, I'll tee it up for you and, and let you take it and run with it. But uh, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Uh, my favorite distance happens to be 10 miles. Um, I love 10 mile races, but I think actually I just love 10 mile runs also. Um, it's sort of longer than the 5k and 10k, right? So there's less of being uncomfortable the entire time, but there are also three miles less than the half marathon, which means you never enter what I call the 5k of tears. Uh, (laughs) and for that, I just basically mean those last three miles of a half that like go on forever. Um, so I, I get about two 10 mile races in per year here in Chicago, but mostly race half and full marathons. So I guess if I had to pick a second, I would say it would have to be the half. Mm -hmm. And um, I do like the half better than the full, mostly because I can stay in half marathon shape and training isn't a full-time job. Mm -hmm. But in my perfect world, I would always be racing 10 miles. That's, that's, uh, I'm okay with that answer. You know, it's, it's, uh, obviously I'm okay with any answer, but, um, the, the 10 mile is one of those races. And, and every so often I'll have somebody that, that mentions that as, as their favorite race. And it's, it's a distance that I've done a couple of times in large part because down, down here in, in central Florida, um, there's really not a lot of, of convenient options. We used to have, we had a 10 miler that, that was here in town for a couple of years. And I don't know, I mean, it was, it seemed like it was pretty popular the first year. And then, you know, the second year it kind of died down a little bit because it wasn't, uh, it wasn't new anymore, I guess. And so people moved on to something different. And uh, I don't think they ever came back after year two, which is kind of sad because it, it is a, a really fun distance. Yeah, it's great. I love it. And I will cry if they take away the 10 milers here in Chicago. I look forward to them every year. <laughs> so well, good. Well, good. That's yeah. It's it's a yeah. Like I said, I mean, it's it's a it's a fun distance, and and uh, you know, it's it's for for a lot of the same reasons as the half. Like you said, you don't you don't have to go through that uh, the five k of tears. When, when did uh, when did you you put that nickname in place? Because I, I I love it. Um, <laughs> but uh, where did that come from? Yeah, it actually came, I think, when I started taking running a little bit more seriously. And it was like, no matter how hard I trained, there was the first 10 and you're just like, you're feeling so good. And it just goes south, like right after 10, where you're like, you're either picking up the pace to finish strong, or you're like, how does the, the, how do these miles now feel like they're doubling in time? Like it just feels like it's forever to the finish line. And I think for the full marathon, for me, it's more of the 10 K of tears. Mm-hmm. Like you think you're almost there, but you're just like, Oh, six more miles. So right. Yeah. Once you get, once you get into that, where, where it, it uh, starts to be, um, 
you know, the, the easy case. So, so for us that don't speak metric, you know, like you get to, you get to 5k left, you get to 10k left in the marathon. Yeah. It's like, you feel like you, you want to feel like at least like you're almost there, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's as, as much as I, you know, have, am on the record as saying, I don't really care for the 5k as a standalone race. Um, you know, that a 5k standalone is a bit easier than, than a good hard 5k at the end of either a half or a, a, even a full marathon. Of course, like it's, it's whew, like, yeah, it's, it's not a whole lot of fun. Those last, no, last no, no, no. so how'd you get into the sport, Amy? I, I you know, I, I don't know that we've ever really had this, this conversation. Um, but, uh, is it something that, uh, I, I think I know, I know, I know enough to be dangerous, but not enough to know the, uh, the details. So a lifelong runner or so, somewhat, somewhat new, how'd you, how'd you find your way into, uh, the running world? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a uh, a different journey to where I'm at today, I guess. So growing up, I was a softball player and I ran track. And by running track, I mean, I actually was a sprinter. So the longest distance I ever ran was a 220. Um, and then once I got into my sophomore year of high school, I had that hard decision of like choosing a sport because they both fell on the exact same time of the year. So I ended up choosing softball because sprinting and being really fast kind of made me stand out in that sport. And I kind of knew that I would have a lot of opportunities for scholarships for college. So I went the softball route and um, running fast was like something that was super easy for me. So it was like, running was super fun at that time. Um, but once uh, high school and college kind of were over, I found a love actually for martial arts and I actually began kickboxing. And this is just a crazy part of my life. But um, from there, I ended up getting a black belt and I had this like weird thought like, hey, I should do a full contact kickboxing fight. Because I mean, that's a normal thought for <laughs> the average person, right? <laughs> um, so it was then when I was 28 that running longer distances started creeping into my life. Um, I had to do it to build that cardio for the ring. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the longest I ran at that time was like five miles, which I hated every single minute of. Um, and then if I were to fast forward five years and 40 fights later to being 32, I finally decided I literally had enough of fighting. And although like it gave me mental stimulation and it was challenging, I was sick of, I guess, the abuse on my body um, and actually going to work with black eyes. Mm. Um, that's a really tough conversation. You're like, I'm a martial artist. And they're like, no, there might be something you're not telling us. So, <laughs> um, so it was at that time, a friend of mine, um, you've actually had her on the show before, Lori Wysotsky. Mm -hmm. um, she had me join a running group that had a goal to run a 12K race. Um, and she, to me, was like a total superstar. I looked up to her as an athlete. And so I was like, yeah, I'll keep myself busy and, and do this. I will say I hated every minute of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did show up to train um, and I showed up to race. And then something really weird happened to me. Like when I ran through the finish line, I miraculously loved running. And I think it was like this high I was on and I had this medal I was so proud of and basically felt more proud than I had ever been in any athletic event in my entire life. Um, you know, in that very moment of like going through the finish line. And so from that moment, right, from age 32 to 34, I ended up running about 15 half marathons with no real training. And when I say no real training, to be fair, I literally mean no training at all, because <laughs> I would be like, oh, there's a half marathon four weeks from now, I'm going to run a few times, and then I'm going to go run it 
Um, so it was very, very poor and they were just for fun. And it was just, I liked doing the races. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say that it wasn't until about three years ago that I got really serious about running. Um, I was coming off a divorce and, you know, like most people out there, you kind of have to keep your mind at bay. There's like big mm -hmm. life changes happening. Um, so basically I would just go out for a run. I would go without my watch, no music, nothing. Um, it was just basically me and however long I felt like going for the day. So there was no restrictions or limits to it. And I think that was the first time I actually, appreciated running for like the liberation and spirituality of it um, as well as like the mood lift I felt like it prepared me for the day similarly to coffee and like <laughs> decompressed me from a really tough day so that was like my big like pave like paved the way into running. Um, and then in that very same time, I had this friend of mine from college reach out and she was like, Hey, I'm doing my last, um, Walt Disney world marathon. This was the 2017. And I laughed at her and I said, Listen, <laughs> there is no way that I can run a full marathon. I mean, at the time, the thought of a full marathon was like impossible, right? Cause I would be like at the end of a half marathon, how am I supposed to go back and do this again? Mm -hmm. Like no way. So I could not conceptualize it at all, but the other side of me that cannot turn down a challenge won that whole ordeal. And I became, I began training for the 2017 Walt Disney World Marathon um, with no idea how to train. So I basically Googled a Hal Higdon mm -hmm. beginner plan and off I went, right? Following this plan to a T because that's all I really had. Um, and so... That marathon was great, and so was the training, and it was actually the first time I had ever trained for a race, and I will always train from here <laughs> on out. <laughs> um, but I would say from that marathon, I think my real running story begins um, – because after that marathon, I set out on a quest to run the New York City Marathon, mm -hmm. for which for me, that's kind of what like has changed my life. So um, that's kind of like my long story to being a serious, like dedicated runner today. All right. Well, it's as as per usual, there's there's so many things in there that uh, I, I would I would love to go back and, and touch on. And, and we'll, yeah. we'll, hit, we'll hit a couple of them um, and then we'll get into to the, the story a bit more into New York and, and, and how that uh, has progressed to where we are right now. But um, and, and uh, gosh, I, I, I don't, I don't even know what I want to talk about as far as the, the, the fighting stuff. So we'll kind of let that go a bit. But, um, the one thing you said that really stood out to me, uh, in, in that part of, of the running journey of like, you had to do it for, you had to run for, for the cardio, for the fitness so you could last the rounds and, and, and perform in the ring. Um, but you hated every step of it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm curious, and, and I don't know if this is one of those things that you almost can't answer after the fact, but when when you when you stopped the the, the martial arts and, and and the fighting and Lori asked you to hey why don't you come run this this 12k race with me um like what was I, I just feel like for me you know if I'm doing this thing that I hate because it's it's part of something that I kind of enjoy and now I'm ready to, to close that chapter and move on like I don't care who's asking me why don't you come do this one thing that you still hate? Like, I, I don't feel like that would be the thing that I want to do. So what was, what was it that, that got you 
out there to do that that race that you know then you cross the finish line and all of a sudden like at that point it was something that you kind of enjoyed at least a little bit if, I, if I'm getting the story straight but but what got you to do that race to begin with yeah that is a really really good question and I actually do know the answer to this because I've thought about it too I actually remember uh a couple of times in training um, for that very same 12K, asking myself, like, what the heck are you doing this for? Um, so I think for me, my entire life, I have had some sort of a physical outlet to always be pursuing. Um, I started at age six. I mean, at one point I was doing gymnastics, softball, track, like just busy, busy kid. And so all the way through college and then go into martial arts and then um, I think the fear of retiring or stopping something leaves me to always be seeking for something else. And maybe down the road when I'm 75, I'll just be taking a cycling class or doing yoga. But I think it's the idea that like, I have to physically be doing something to be the best me. So I didn't, I thought the timing aligned really well. And I think I just went into it with a really open mind. Um, I think even more than all of those things, I loved the idea that I was going to be with a group for the first time. And although I wasn't thrilled about running and it had been very painful and more of a chore mm -hmm. leading up into this time of my life, I, um, I liked the fact that I was going to get to meet new people and um, run with somebody I admired a lot. And I do remember thinking back and although I used to dread getting up for the long runs during the run, I had a good time. Right. Um, and I think that's what kept me going back. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you, you, you cross that, that first 12 K finish line and, and wow, like this, this actually wasn't as bad as I thought. I kind of enjoyed it. Maybe, maybe was it just kind of, of literally this thought just came to me, but well, it was it a case of the race environment being so much different than, than the training environment and, and you enjoyed the, the performance aspect of the race or the pressure of the environment or whatever it was. Yeah, it was that. And it also was the fact that like I had set out to do something mm -hmm. that I committed several weeks to do and I had finished it. Um, there was like a level of self pride I had never felt before. Even with fighting, you assume that like being in the ring and going head to head with somebody for a period of time, um, there would be a lot of self pride. But really, I think the self pride in martial arts and, and kickboxing is is very much blocked by the fact that like you have to go do your best because somebody's going to hurt you if right. you don't. So you don't have the same level of self pride as I had when I pushed myself to train and get through that finish line, uh, to, to conquer a goal. It was kind of like overwhelming. Gotcha. So then, then you fast forward a little bit and, and you're into this stage where you're doing a bunch of, of half marathons and, and kind of not really training for them. Um, was, I'd love to dive into that just a little bit more because it's something that um, my wife has battled that as well. In the last in the last six eight months, she's gotten much better about still continuing to train, and like you know, lo and behold, like she races better because she's training as well. So you know, you've kind of figured that out as as, as well. But yeah, um, and, and probably a lot of us has figured that out because I've been there too, where it's like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't have a race, so like I don't need to run today, and and you know that that doesn't end well when you get when you have race goals that you want to achieve. But um, in in that in that period, um. What what were those you know one or two runs that you would do leading up to a race? I mean, were they were they remotely long? Were they were they short? Were they were they miserable? Did you not enjoy those, but you enjoyed the races? Like, what was running like in that time frame for you? 
Yeah. So it's funny you asked that question. I had, I'm very like a type A personality. So I have to have like a schedule. And even though I wasn't training, I still had like something on the books. Uh, So I would basically run a couple of four miles and then I would try to do like a third run each week um, between four and maybe six miles max. I had actually run multiple half marathons with not even going over the six mile mark in a lot of cases. Um, there was an overwhelming amount of flexibility to this training plan um, <laughs> that I had put out for myself. Um, and There was also a level, I will say, there was a level of arrogance that I had that like is not like me to have. I have always worked very hard for everything. And so I think I just had this idea that like, oh, this is going to be fun. I have no expectations. If I have to walk, it's okay. My goal is just to get through the finish line. Um, Because the truth of the matter is, is that training for a race and running it well, you do have to work really hard. So um, there there was a real level of just like nonchalant, like I'm just going to do this for fun. And to be to be perfectly honest, they definitely were never as satisfying as that first race I did train for with that group, that 12K. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you, 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 you know, you, you mentioned earlier that you, you put um, you know, you, you've got that, that self pride of, I did this and I, I put in the work and, and here's the result. And then, yeah, if you kind of are, are half assing some of the training for lack of a better way of saying it, like, yeah, it's, it's not going to be as sweet because you didn't, you didn't do as much to, to get to that, to that finish line. Yeah. So you fast forward uh, again, you know, we're getting, getting a little bit closer to present day now to, to the Disney marathon. You get, you get a, a, a note from a friend. Hey, do you want to, you want to run this race with me? Oh, no way. And then of course, peer pressure wins and you end up doing it. Um, but you also trained for that race. What was, what was it like, um, to, to, you know, and, and everybody knows where I stand on one size fits all type of training plans, but, but I will say better than nothing, you know, it's, it's, it's having something to follow, even if it's not perfect for you is always going to be better than just, you know, flying whichever way the, the breeze temp happens to blow that day. But, but what was, what was training for a, a race that obviously was also longer than any race you'd ever done. Like, um, what was that whole process like? Yeah. Um, it was, it, gosh, that was like the first, um, real, yeah, that was my first real training. Um, I printed, printed this Hal Higdon plan out and, you know, I'm like analyzing it, trying to understand what all these different runs mean and stuff. And I will say my very first inclination from the one size fits all was just like, this is tough. Um, because even though I'm reading these workouts, they don't mean a lot to me. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I don't understand them. So what I ended up doing was scratching a lot of the what what said tempo run at the time because I didn't quite understand what that meant um I didn't see the value necessarily in speed work um my goal for the marathon was like I'm gonna finish this without an injury I don't care how long it takes me but like I don't want an injury I was a very skeptical marathon runner like I just did not think that I physically could run marathons I mean I came from being a sprinter. So it's very difficult to transform to me all the way to a 26.2 distance. That's crazy. So um, I ended up taking the plan and mocking some things up. Um, And I I literally followed it to a T once I sort of mocked some things up. Um, So, you know, I, I, for the first time did follow it to a T. I'll say that um, I would 
have days where I had a run or a strength, like a strength training, like a duo kind of day. And I always sacrificed the strength training. Mm -hmm. So basically my main training goal was like, I'm going to stick to this plan to get all the miles in that I needed to get in. And then I'm going to do this race. And because I did that, this is going to be a great race because I did all the miles. Um, So it was interesting. Um, I appreciate the idea of customizing and having a coach or having somebody that can explain workouts mm-hmm. and why they're important um, because it was very, that was one thing that was very difficult for my first marathon and going off of this plan that was sort of like a one size fits all, which doesn't exist. So yeah, um, it, it, it made me feel good though to actually train and the race went well because I did train. Mm-hmm. But after the race, I did break down. Um, I remember being at like mile six and I'm like, why do my shoulders hurt so bad? Um, and then come mile 20, my entire upper body was just so fatigued. And I, I know it, like I had to pump my arms more at that time too, because my legs were getting mm-hmm. tired. And I'm just like, gosh, this is why people strength train, don't <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember the recovery for that race. My legs were sore for three days and my upper body was sore for two weeks. Wow. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, if I ever do this again, I've got to strength train. Like you got to do. That's why those things were on that plan. But had they been a little bit more, had the plan been just a little bit more uh, detailed or customized to Mm -hmm. where I could understand what the strength training meant, perhaps I would have like truly followed it. It it was just a little bit too, for being new, it was a little bit too uh, generic for me. Yeah, that's and 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 I'm not not going to turn this into a, a dog on on uh, you know one size fits alls or generics or anything like that. But but that's something you know even even as a coach, you know I'm I'm sitting here thinking like you know how how often do I explain all of the different workouts to especially especially to to athletes I have that are are newer to the sport that maybe don't know some things and and you know I'm I'm always happy to explain it when people ask, but maybe maybe I should be more proactive and, and maybe you know maybe, maybe there needs to be a, a glossary of of running terms for for new runners <laughs> or something like that so that so that people do understand not only what a tempo is or what a fart like is or what a you know and whatever uh, but also the why because um you know I, I do think that when we understand why we're doing something, even if it's not something that we enjoy doing, like you understood, you know, going back to, to the, the days of, of the martial arts and, and the kickboxing, like you understood that the running was going to help you perform better in the ring. So you did it, even though you didn't yes. want to do it. And then you get to, the, to training for this marathon. You don't understand why the strength training is going to help you. So screw it. I'm not going to do it because I don't know why I don't really want to do it. I just want to train. And then you have that aha moment when, you know, you're, you're struggling through uh, <laughs> the marathon going, God, I wish I would have, you know, done a, done a, a push up or a plank once in a while or, or lifted a weight or at least pretended to lift a weight at some point because it would have helped me here. So, you know, I, I, I don't know that I have a question other than all of that stuff that you just said makes perfect sense. And, and then it, 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 to me, it's like, gosh, how could I deliver this better to, to my athletes, to the people who listen to the show that, that don't, you know, have it to hire me or don't want to hire me for whatever reason, but like, what can I give to them? So I think it's a great, uh, reminder for all of us that yes, strength training is important. Yes. Training is important. Like there's a lot of things that we can, we can learn, uh, from, from what you just shared. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. So you, you finished that race, your sore upper body sore for a couple of, of weeks, but, uh, you know, legs felt, sounds like they felt all right after a few days, which is, which is pretty darn good for your first marathon. Um, you, you, you run this distance you've never run before. Um, and, and did you pretty much 
right away set your sights for for New York or or um you know what what was what was the post marathon glow thought process whatever you want to call it like for you from after that that first 26.2 Yeah so I did not have a post marathon glow um <laughs> it was more like well I love this medal. I'm going to put it in a special box and I'm never running that distance again. (laughs) Um, So that was January of 2017 that that race happened. Um, I ended up getting a job in Chicago shortly after that, like one week after Mm -hmm. that. I ran the marathon and then went the following Monday to Chicago to interview for a job, which I ended up um, getting. And it was a huge step in the right direction for me at the time for a career. So um, By the end of the month, we had already selected a flat here in Chicago. And then by early February, we had fully moved. So it was like a crazy whirlwind of change that happened right after that marathon. Um, And then I think that when I got here, I started this new job. And then I had about a four-week period of like registering that I was completely in a different place. Um, Like looking around, going, what are my options for, you know, pure bar and and cycling and training and like what do I have around me and and so it took me until the beginning of of April of 2017 to be like okay the running is not in my life right now I've got to get back on track and that's when I set my sights out for the I say this in in air quotes right now the plan to qualify for New York City which was the original plan um And I will also say, um, I'll come back to this probably, I'm sure, but um, I will also say just for some context that um, I have sort of suffered with stomach problems my whole life too. Um, And so like, I remember being six years old and my mom like giving me Tums because I had stomach aches every single day. And then when I was 25, I actually got diagnosed with Crohn's colitis after all these different tests. And so... um, I was like sick all the time. Um, I mean, every day I've, I've had some variation of a stomach ache. And so I guess in April too, one of the highlights I remember is like, okay, I'm going to try to qualify for the New York City Marathon. But I also said to myself at the same time, I'm feeling worse. Um, I'm getting actually worse than I was when I got diagnosed at age 25. And so I was kind of like perplexed, like, okay, so not only do I have to try to plan to qualify for New York City, but I also have to figure out this like nutrition quest I'm on because something's wrong. Wow. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's two, uh, two big things right there. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, so which, which avenue did did you try to go down both, both roads at the same time or, or how did, how did you progress from having that realization that, you know, yes, I've got this big running goal, but also I gotta, I gotta get my, my, my food situation figured out. Yeah. So this is going to be perfect. How they kind of segue together. So like, okay, it's April. I'm like, I have always, I don't know what it is about New York city, maybe because I, when I was growing up, I always had this idea that I was going to live in New York city, like every other teenage girl. (laughs) And (laughs) anyhow, so I always had this like idea that like, that would be such a cool marathon to run. So that's kind of why I chose it. 
Um, and they have very, very strict qualification times, as most people know. Um, they do it on the half and the full. And so I was going to try to do a goal of trying to get a, a, an hour 32 in the half marathon uh, when my best time had been a two hour previously. Um, so that was crazy to begin with. Um, but I did, I got, you know, coached up. Uh, I worked really, really hard for this time. And at the same time, I was like, okay, I'm going to clean up my diet. So of course I Googled all of these different, like, what are the best foods for runners and all of these things. So I was eating like chicken and lean proteins and just really eating what I thought was clean and well. Um, so I'm, I'm doing this crazy. So I'm, I'm doing this crazy training plan that was hard for me at times. Cause I probably was achieving a goal that was way out of reach, but I did give it my all. And meanwhile, I'm eating clean and healthy, which actually, um, still was sick all the time. Um, and actually getting some longer, like variations of like stomach pain where I was actually in the fetal position for like hours until whatever I had ate passed my system. Right. So it was very, very awful. Um, and then my race finally comes up. I pick a July race <laughs> in Chicago. Who knows what I'm thinking? I, I realize I just don't know what I'm thinking this whole time, but I'm pumped. I have trained really hard for this. And then, you know, gun goes off. I start in the front group at mile five. I get full head to toe body cramp like they start in the bigger muscles and then after a few minutes they're rapidly moving like into my neck and all the small muscles in between my ribs they're so bad so basically I'm texting my husband who then is like completely like oh man something's wrong because why is Amy even mm -hmm. communicating with me during a race um, turns out that I was telling him, like, I really don't think I can finish this race. And then just about 10 minutes later, um, I was able to make my way to a med tent where they gave me some, you know, electrolytes and brought me back to the finish line, um, where I met up with my husband. Um, so I took my very first DNF, which was humbling to some regard and also a fluke to some regard. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it was a very painful DNF. It took several days and quite a lot of post-traumatic stress to get over it. Um, I had some like moments where I was just like, oh my gosh. But the race reflection took weeks for me. Um, I finally realized that the line of loving and hating running for me was like that uh, sub 830 minute mile mark. Mm. If I had to try to hold uh any more than five miles kind of pat like lower than that. Like that's where running is no more. It's no longer fun for me mm -hmm. anymore. So I had two choices at that point, right? I could never run the New York city marathon because I was never going to qualify. I mean, that was something I just needed to accept because I didn't like it. I didn't right. want to qualify for it or I could give the old lottery a try. <laughs> so I will never forget the moment. It's February 28th of 2018. And by golly, I wake up to an email that's like, you made the lottery. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like 13% of people make the lottery and I made it. Um, it was that moment though, right there that I was like, I don't know if I can actually actually complete this race because I was not feeling any better. Mm. And so it was kind of like, 
what am I going to do? But of course, I still committed to the race. I'm like, good Lord, I just made a really small window to make this lottery. So it must be meant to be. Right. Um, and then um, so I actually set out to still train for it. But because I had I had like it was February, the race wasn't until November. I had a lot of time to you know, kind of still figure out the health thing mm. before I had to train. So I went to the doctor um, to get a regular physical, to get my blood drawn. And I was just expressing the fact that like, there's something not right. And he finally asked me, like, have you ever had food sensitivity testing done? And I was like, no, I've had food allergy testing done. Mm. And I've had all of X, Y, and Z tests but I have never had food sensitivity testing done. So I took this survey, my insurance like paid for it. I went to a registered um, dietitian. I ended up get, taking four vials of blood and my blood got tested against 126 foods. And that was so life-changing mm. um, because my results came back and it was early May of 2018 and my, I could not believe some of the high reactive foods that I had one being chicken, oh, wow. which how I ever would have known that I don't know. But um, I, besides this test, I never would have known that. But some of my favorite vegetables and yogurt and all the foods I had thought for years were healthy and clean and serving my body were not right for me. Mm. They were causing extreme inflammation in my gut. And it was just like life changing. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh. So with that, I had to go on an elimination diet. And in the first 10 days, mind you, I did not have a stomach ache for 10 straight days. So that was like the first, like, oh my gosh, right. this is the best thing ever. But, um, I lost just eight pounds of like bloating weight that I had mm. been carrying like this extra 10 pounds I could not get rid of. And you're like, you're calculating this and going, I run X, Y and like X amount mm. of miles per year. And then you're eating clean. You're like, how am I still holding weight on that I'm not supposed to have on my body? You know, it's just things like that. Um, so anyway, so I lose an initial, I lose the initial weight. I had a 10 mile race. Um, at the end of the 10 days, I shave off 12 minutes, wow. just off my time. Um, and then I go into like phase two where I start putting my, my green or best food choices back in my diet. Um, I still haven't had a stomach ache. Now we're going on 30 days, then 60, then 90. And now here I am at the end of the year. I have not been sick one time. Mm. Um, I ended up losing 16 pounds and I have been able to maintain my healthy weight, um, my running has been better than ever. So I think the the whole idea of the food thing really, really helped me a lot. And I'm so glad I did it before training started. It gave me a boost of confidence that like this training was going to go right. Mm -hmm. So, gosh, I, 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 uh, it, it's it's on the one hand, it's I don't, I don't want to say frustrating because I, I don't feel like that's maybe quite although it's probably it was frustrating to you. Um, feeling like you were doing everything you were supposed to do it, you, you know, and, and for full dis disclosure, despair, or, you know, uh, uh, transparency, whatever, like we were working together for that, that first, yeah. that first half marathon when, you know, we, we were trying, but yeah, like, like we were kind of swimming upstream with, with the diet and things weren't going right on that, on that front. Um, but, but so, so you, you get the test, you, you find out, uh, 
you know, one of the most common questions I get, I've talked about this in, in various places, is is the diet question. What should I eat? And, and obviously, we'll, we'll put the, the, the disclaimer out there that everybody's different. But it, what, what, you know, you thought you were eating the right things. Turns out you weren't. So what, what kind of foods are you eating now? Yeah. Um, so my and, and I think this is just talk about the there's not a one size fits for everyone. And I think of all the people that are like following the fad diets, they're, they're jumping on board with paleo and they're doing this and that. And I've been one of them, especially when I used to cut weight for fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, but like cauliflower is one of my highly reactive foods. So when I was substituting rice for cauliflower, I was hurting myself that entire time. Um, now I I'm eating like all, basically I have eliminated all of my red and yellow reactive foods. Um, so I'm basically sticking with all of my greens and that's like, um, rice and quinoa, um, lots of vegetables, zucchini, carrots, um, broccoli. Um, I basically have, you know, oatmeal with honey and mixed berries and nuts every morning. Um, I found a bunch of snacks that work for me. I have found that book, um, the run fast, eat slow has a lot of recipes that I can substitute a few things here and there. Um, and then proteins that really work for me actually are red meat. So like steaks and grass fed red meat, that's like really good for my body. Um, turkey, a lot of turkey and a lot of lean pork. Like those are like my best choices for protein for my body. Um, one thing I will tell you that was really challenging for the first 90 days. I don't find it challenging anymore, but I do have a major, major reactivity to cane sugar. Mm. And as you know, cane sugar is like in everything. <laughs> and in addition to cane sugar, corn mm. is one of my reactive foods. Corn is also in everything. So I had to like give up all of my vitamins mm. because I did not realize that my vitamins were made with corn. Right. So, um, I am actually, I have a wealth of options still, right? But I just have to follow the foods that I, um, that work well with me. And because I do that, I, like, like I've said, I have not been sick since. It's just the coolest thing ever. And I just have a ton of energy. I actually stopped drinking coffee um, like 90 days after because I wake up with a full, I just wake up with full energy and I just go to bed. I, mm. I don't have the anymore where my energy varies throughout the day and I hit like peaks and lows. Um, and it might be because I sort of have eliminated um, cane sugar out of my diet. Like I only eat honey and pure maple syrup as a form of like, besides fruits. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, it's been really interesting, but I have to kind of look at everything now because the idea of being sick again right. is far worse than giving up your favorite snack. Mm -hmm. And that's how I look at it now. Well, and, and, it, and it sounds like, and, and of course, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you knew something maybe wasn't right, especially bef before we got much more serious about the diet. You know, you, you weren't quite always feeling great, but like, whatever, like, it's just, it just is put yeah. words in your mouth, but it just kind of is what it is and, 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 and whatever. Um, and then, you know, you come to find out that you have been sick for years and, and not knowing it. So it's just, it's just one of those, those things where it's like, like just in, in my head is kind of my, my mind is kind of blowing here where it's like, you know what, like, like eat, you might not realize that you have some sensitivities. And then if, you know, if you just have one sensitivity, like whatever, you might, you might be okay, but you start mixing in a bunch of different things that are quote unquote healthy for the masses, but don't fit right for you. And now, now you start having 
the potential for some serious problems, some serious stomach aches. And, and yeah, then, then you get to experience what life is like when you don't have feeling like that for a while. And like, wow, like the light bulb goes on. And, and like you said, yeah, giving up, you know, a, a treat or whatever is, is a small price to pay to feel good all the time. Yeah. You just, you cannot put a price tag on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so you get the diet piece kind of figured out, uh, you know, through, through the blood work and the, the testing and, and, you hit the lottery, um, and and you end up running running the New York City Marathon, which, uh, uh, as I've said before, uh, quite a few times, it's it's on my list of like, yeah, it would be a fun race to run, but you know, not not so much that I've like ever put myself into the lottery yet, and, and uh, you know, still haven't decided or still haven't uh, made any plans to do so anywhere in the next couple of years. But but at some point, I'll probably do it. But um, you know, it is this kind of this this big goal race. You get in, you're feeling good, you go run the race. Uh, what was what was your New York City Marathon experience? like i mean everybody that i talk to says that they, they love it everybody tells me i need to to put myself in the lottery one of these years um i'm sure you're gonna agree with that but what was what was your uh 26.2 miles through uh, new york city like yeah it was incredible i had read a bunch of blogs um beforehand which were so helpful about how to develop a really smart uh new york city marathon strategy and i was really pumped and my training um had gone beautifully um i was really really ready for like this 415 that I was going to make um, coming from a 458 on marathon one. Um, I had trained for it. I was, you know, pumped and ready. Um, I'll say my very first big whoa about the New York City Marathon was the bus ride to Staten Island. I think we're all used to kind of like uh, marathon paths that are sort of like a circle. And to go from downtown Manhattan and drive 90 minutes in a bus all the way to Staten Island was like mind blowing. I'm like, there's no turning back. I have to run this because I'm so far away from my uh, family right now. Like, this is crazy. (laughs) The distance on the bus was crazy. Um, I found this wonderful... um, bus mate, uh, who was from Scotland. And so we just chatted the time away. Um, so it was um, amazing. The running community is always amazing that way. And so, um, I'll never forget, you know, the corral, I mean, running over the Verrazano bridge was one of the biggest highlights for me. Like you're it just was like incredible and surreal. Um, and then I think just like the people, um, it's so hard to stick to your race strategy because the energy that's coming off of the city itself is just incredible. Um, I will say that I, before I tell you the truth of the matter, I loved <laughs> every minute of it. But um, right after the half marathon mark, you head over the Queensboro Bridge. And at that point, you've already run over one huge bridge. And you've been going slightly uphill for like most of the first half of the race. The Queensboro Bridge, although I did not abandon my race strategy, literally killed me. Um, <laughs> I remember coming down and my family was waiting for me. That was stop number one. And I just looked at my mom and just shook my head because I was like, oh, man, like mentally was coming into the realization that like you are fading quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I hit mile 16 and that's where it hit me. I was like, listen, I'm like telling myself, you can continue to go for this 415, which you're actually on pace for, or you can kind of pull it back right now and enjoy the rest of this race and maybe not be in terrible shape when you're done. Because you know how like reflections of training, they kind of come and go. And I'm like, 
hey, next time, how about do some hills? How about do <laughs> some hills, right? Um, so I did. I pulled my pace back um, and just kind of cruised through the, you know, Queen, I'm sorry, uh, the Bronx and the rest of the race. And then when I was sort of hitting that last stretch um, into Central Park, I think my heart just really wanted it so bad. And I was like, you know what, I'm picking up the pace. And I ran my last 5k like uh, sub eights. Um, nice. I was running really fast um, to the point where I didn't even see my family waiting for me on that last um, mark. Um, and then, you know, I got through the finish line and it was just one of those moments of like wow again I just did this I am like beyond proud of myself and um that self-pride feeling again just hitting you and you feeling like wow now I will tell you that I did tell my family and everyone I loved before I started training don't worry guys this is going to be my last <laughs> marathon I'm not running anymore my goal was to run the New York City and I did it and so I'm not running anymore yeah, fam famous last words that uh, I think all of us have, have either thought or spoken at one point or another. This is my last time doing X. And then, uh, yeah, maybe maybe uh, the, the plans changed after you uh, crossed the finish line, I'm guessing? Yes, uh, they sure did. Immediately after, actually. I was like, you know, in a marathon, you lose and find yourself at the same time. And I was thinking, like, I have all these goals eventually, like, professionally and personally that I want to achieve. And I was just like, you know what? I'm feeling great now. I'm kind of like in this prime running time. I've built up a good base. I'm like, got some momentum, right? So I'm like, let me give it my last, you know, last three years before I'm 40 and do something like really cool that kind of lets me travel. And so I totally made a new goal, which was like my husband took him about five days to fully accept <laughs> it. He went through like all the stages, denial. He was like, no. Um, but I did, I said, I want to run all the six world majors um, because I think it gives me a concrete goal to achieve like these six, right? I get to travel and see some of the countries that I've been dying to go to with, let's be fair, I'll probably never go to without mm -hmm. these races. Um, yeah. And so I like built this plan and I'm like totally on, I'm like on a trajectory to get all six majors. Yeah, wow. you, you talk about Zach going through the uh, the stages. There, there was a phone call or two. And he was like, "Dude, what in the hell is going on?" <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. And you're, uh, you know, but, uh, but yeah. So, so it, it's it's a, a big goal. Um, and, and and like you said, though, I mean, that's that's part of the reason for my goal to to do a, a marathon in all of the states because you know nothing nothing against the the good folks of of North Dakota. Um, or, you know, I mean, I went to Idaho last year. I don't know that I ever would have gone to Idaho, but I loved it. It was beautiful. Like, I'm so glad that I, that I went and would love to go back. And I got a feeling that a lot of the states that I would probably have no reason to ever visit, there's going to be something about him, about my time there. That's like, gosh, I wouldn't mind coming back and spending more time here, run another race, whatever. Um, you know, so it's, it's a good excuse for me to travel in the States. Now, now you've got a good excuse for you to travel internationally, like you said, and go, and go visit some of those places and, and, uh, you know, run run a race at the same time. So, um, but obviously it's also a lot of logistical stuff. And if you're trying to do it in, in three years, that's, that's a, a quick, uh, could be a quick, uh, quick issue as far as, you know, you're going to do 
you know, have you, have you even thought about this? I'm sure you have, you know, charities, are you trying to enter the lotteries first? And if you don't get them, then do a charity bib or, or what's kind of the, 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 the strategy to, uh, to knock out the next, uh, I know you're uh, you know, spoiler alert. I know you're already into Chicago for, for next year, uh, through the lottery, but, um, I think at least I think it's through the lottery, mm-hmm. but, but what's, uh, what's the strategy to get the other four at some point in the next couple of years as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I have one of the parts of running that I love is the fact that you can sort of have that charity component. Um, I actually still um, donated and did some charity for the New York City Marathon, even though I had the guaranteed entry. I just um, usually like to follow some, you know, organizations that help Mm -hmm. kids. Um, And so, yeah, my strategy is going to be that with all the races except for Boston, um, I will try to enter the lottery and then um, use, you know, if I don't get in, I'll either run for the organization that I typically run for, which is Girls on the Run. And if I don't, if they don't have a guaranteed entry spot, I'll try to find some charity that's um, helping children. Um, and it's funny because like be, the the I'm probably one of the only runners um, or maybe you have a handful, but I'm one of the runners here on this podcast going to say like, I don't want to ever be Q. That's not a goal of mine. Right. But I am dying to run Boston. Um, And so raising money for charity to me seems like a really good way to put extra meaning behind those miles anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so that's the plan. I already like sketched out the races and how they're going to fall. And I sadly am type A. So I do have deadlines in my phone (laughs) on when I can expect the, uh, the lottery to open. Um, for some of these races well yeah i mean if, if you don't uh, put the plan in place you know it's 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 harder a lot harder to make it happen so you can you can say that as a i'm type a almost as a as a um i don't know an excuse for for doing it that way but you know i mean here i am like i said saying you know one of these days i'll enter uh, <laughs> into the drawing to get into new york and and you know knowing that i'm probably not going to get it the first time or the first five times anyway but you know you never know um yet i don't have a plan of when i'm going to start doing that so you know I'm, kudos yeah. to you for being uh you know, on, on the ball and knowing, you know, getting, doing the research, having the, the plans laid out, uh, and, and certainly, um, looking forward to continuing to, to follow, follow the journey and, and, uh, you know, the, the, the photos of the travel and, and all of the things that are going to come along with this. It's, it's going to be, uh, an exciting ride for you for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely. So as, as we're wrapping up here, Amy, um, you, you know, the drill, the, the old philosophical question here at the end. Um, and, and, uh, I've had a couple of different thoughts of, th- of ways I, I might go with it. Um, but I'm just gonna gonna circle back to one of one of maybe my, my favorite philosophical questions that, that I ask. I don't know that I've ever classified it as a, as a favorite, but it's one that I, I really enjoy. Um, that's just just to ask how how do you feel that running has changed you over over the years from from getting into it and not enjoying it to getting into it and at least enjoying the races to you know to where you are now where you you enjoy it and and all of a sudden now you know running super fast isn't as important as uh, as it as it was to you you know even just a, a year or two ago um, you know are, are there ways outside of the the, the way that run that, that your running has changed that you can look back and go gosh you know like I think that that really. Um, you know, this thing about me and my, my personal life, my business life, whatever the case might be, wouldn't be the same if I hadn't gone down this, this running trajectory that I've been down over the last 15, 20 years of your life. 
Oh, gosh, no doubt. So um, being that I am, so I am a very, very busy person, plus a mother, wife, uh, daughter, friend, colleague, you you name it, right? Um, I think running allows me to live my most complete life. And I think the one of the biggest ways it's changed me, there's a couple, but the biggest one is, is, you know, life, life doesn't offer us guarantees, right? So I'm constantly seeing people thinking about doing things, saying they're doing things, watching other do other people do the things they want to do um, when really they're like robbing themselves of precious time. That's the truth of the matter. And so um, running like provide has provided me a path um, to like achieve goals. I think to be a better me, um, it allows me to work for something, um, stay in good physical, mental and spiritual health, um, which makes me ultimately a better wife, a better mother, daughter, mm-hmm. friend, and colleague, because I, I think that, you know, we all, we are all passing parts of ourselves to other people all the time. And to have one thing that is your own is very, very powerful. And so for me, running is my thing. It's my one thing where nobody can get me. I'm out on my runs and it's just for me. Um, But besides that, you know, running does remind you that great things come to those that work hard, not to those who wait. Uh, So there's like a level of hard work and grit that comes with running and it begins to like take a thread through your entire life. Um, I find that I have taken some risks in my professional life because of running. Um, Running has given me the courage to do that um, because I feel like if you can mentally sustain a marathon or any distance and you can get through, if you can commit to um, saying you're going to do something and finishing it, um, that is that holds a huge weight and that will carry through in your life. And so um, running has definitely done that for me. Um, it's also given me the grit to just persevere through times when other people might think that this is impossible. Um, and I can still find the little bit of energy to just continue to push because giving up is going to be so much more painful. Mm. Um, and then lastly, I'm a major introvert, but I'm sure like I sound like I'm super, <laughs> you know, animated, but I mean, I work from home. Um, I am a busy, busy person. You're definitely not going to see me having like girl nights or anything. Right. So um, I think the running community has brought me so many friends, even ones I've never met before, just through social media and going to races and being able to connect with people through this one common passion. And it's allowed me to join, um, you know, girls on the run, the community group and meet people and give back um, in ways that like I may not ever have been able to do. So at the end of the day, just running has um, paved a way for me to live my most complete life. Mm. I, I, Absolutely love it, and as uh, is typically the case, I'm going to try not to to 
muddy the waters there and just get out of the way and let that let that set for people so once again guys uh at project amy on instagram if you want to follow follow her world tour over the next few years to run these world majors i uh, definitely encourage you to follow along and also get uh, a regular dose of life reflections with amy there's that's another another thing that she posts on instagram a lot so check those things out disruns.com slash 671 is the link for the show notes for today's episode we'll have the the uh the, 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 the summary good, good lord if i can get my words out here we'll have the summary from ellen uh the links the the photos all the good things Disruns.com slash six seven one. Amy, thank you for uh, for taking the time today. Uh, probably must must be long overdue, but uh, hopefully uh, we can do this again at some point because I certainly enjoyed it um, and uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward in the in the new year and uh, the the big plans you have. Get, go go get after it. Drag Zach along. He'll uh, he'll enjoy it. He'll thank you at some point. Um, and uh, certainly looking forward to staying in touch and uh, nothing but the best going forward. Yeah, thanks, Denny. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Amy and myself. And as per usual, the the year on the calendar might have changed, but uh, some things remain the same. Uh, Still would be curious to know what stood out to you from this episode. What was something that we talked about today that really stood out to you or really was something maybe you hadn't thought about before, which is, I think, what what my takeaway is going to be. And I'll lead right into that in that uh, this whole situation that Amy has been going through and uh, is finally starting to find her way out of it with the food sensitivity testing, uh, something that uh, just, you know, further uh, proves further uh, solidifies my stance that there is no such thing as one size fits all in anything. Um, you know, you, you, you might think you're doing everything right. You might think that you're eating all the right, the right foods to try to make you as healthy as possible uh, to help fuel your running like Amy was doing. And turns out she was basically doing exactly what she shouldn't have been doing. Uh, and, and it just, again, it just, it just goes to show that there is no one size fits all experimentation is a good thing uh, as far as trying some different things, seeing what works for you, if, especially if you feel like you're doing, quote unquote, the, the right things and you're not seeing progress, you're not seeing improvement, you're not seeing the positive changes that you expect to see. And, and maybe you're seeing things go the other direction, things getting worse, even though you're you're checking off all the boxes, you're, you're doing all of the things. Well, Maybe it's time to to look at something that's a little bit more outside the box. And if it's if it's dietary related, something I had never thought of doing before, um, but it would be curious to to check it out. Would be to get some type of food sensitivity training. So if that fits in your, you know, if that's covered by your insurance, might be something that's worth that's worth doing. Um, you know, you might not find anything dramatic, but boy, you might find something that goes, wow, that, that really just unlocks the, unlocks the key, opens the box and goes, wow, like I never realized that, you know, this vegetable or this grain or, or whatever, this fruit was causing my body so much trouble. And once you eliminate it, once you change, once you make a couple of changes, who knows how, what that could do for your running, what that could do for just your overall health. Forget running for a minute, just your overall health for the rest of your life. I mean, it could make make that much of a difference, um, and, and and it may you may find you know kind of branching off of Amy's story a little bit, but you may find that that what you're sensitive to, in and of itself, isn't an issue. But you may find three or four things that lump together cause a problem. Which is uh, a while back, Rebecca got some allergy testing done, and one of the things they tested were food allergies. Which I don't know exactly if that's similar or different to, to food sensitivity training, but she got tested for different food uh, food allergens. And she found that there was a, a bunch of things 
um, that again, by themselves weren't that big of an issue, but it was like a certain type of, of leafy green plus broccoli and color, like a lot of the cruciferous things, uh, and a few other things that would all kind of go together on a salad. So if she went, you know, and, and had some, some good salads for a couple of days, she was exposing herself to this high, high, uh, level of a bunch of different things that she was allergic to. And that could cause her some problems, you know, not, it wasn't life or death things, but it just, you know, lethargy, feeling crappy, uh, all kinds of, of just, you know, eh. but as you know, she can still eat those things. She can still eat a salad. She can still eat broccoli. She can still eat cruciferous vegetables. But if she stacks up too many of them on top of each other, that's when she gets into, into trouble. So you never know with some of these testings and, and, and things like that, what you might find out until you do it. So, you know, here we are, at least as the show gets released in the first, the first full week of 2019 might be something to think about, you know, might be something that, uh, would be worth looking into again, you know, check your insurance. Maybe that's something that you can get done for, for free or for very low cost. Um, and it just gives you more information. You know, what you do with that information is up to you. You may decide that, that it's worth a little bit of discomfort once in a while to have, you know, some, some type of food that, uh, you find out you're, you're sensitive to, or you have a mild allergy to, you may decide that it's not worth it because of your, your goals. And all of a sudden you start blowing past, uh, previous limits or previous boundaries because your body's actually, you know, not running it at 70% or 80% because you've eliminated this food that's causing you problems. So just something to think about, uh, something that I'm certainly thinking about, uh, and, and might look into this year as well, because, uh, you know, obviously I've got some goals and I've got, I've talked about my, my low, uh, low carb, high fat diet for a while. I'm not, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with what I'm eating. Uh, I don't see any reasons to change it, but you never know. You might, I might be able to take it and find some things that, uh, you know, some, some fats that might work better for me or some, some fruits, vegetables, things like that, that I should probably stay away from, um, which is just going to, improve my overall health, which is going to improve my, my running as well. So something I'm looking into, I'll keep you posted. Uh, if I, if slash when I get the testing done and, and let you know the results, uh, I would love to know if it's something that you've ever looked into. Uh, and, and if so, you know, what were the results? What, what is, what is your, uh, what, what things are you maybe allergic or sensitive to always curious to know that kind of stuff. And also always curious to know what your takeaways are from each episode. So let me know when you have a minute at Diz runs on Twitter at Diz runs on Instagram, shoot me a message on either platform, whichever you prefer. Uh, love getting those, those messages and those takeaways from you guys. Uh, also disruns.com uh, is the website disruns.com slash six, seven, one. We'll take you to the show notes for this episode. And I'm going all, all out of whack this week. Cause I forgot to say disruns at gmail.com. If you want to send me an email with your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways as well. Um, um, love to hear that kind of stuff. Like I said, really appreciate it when you do take the time to, uh, to let me know what you think of the show, what you think of a, an individual episode. Um, last but not least, just mentioned it at the beginning, mention it again. Now, if you want to support the show via Patreon, it, it is appreciated. You know, every, you know, you may not feel like a dollar a month makes that much of a difference to you. Um, and $1 a month, quite frankly, doesn't make a huge difference to me, but when, when a, a bunch of people chip in a dollar, $2, $4, $7, whatever, whatever it works for you, whatever, whatever you want, whatever level of cup of coffee that you want to get for me or are willing to, uh, to get for me each month. It really does start to add up. Uh, we just, uh, towards the end of 2018 crossed over the, the hundred dollars a month, um, level of support from you guys. And, um, I don't know if, if in my wildest dreams, I ever thought we'd get to that point, but here we are. 
And who, who knows, you know, 200, 300, 400, 500, whatever we can get to, uh, it means a lot. It means a lot. And, and you know, that money, like I said, it, it, it proverbially buying me a cup of coffee, but uh, in actuality, it's, it's you know, helping to, to improve the show. I'm getting a, a mobile recording set up. Um, actually going to order that uh, in the next day or two. Uh, and that's coming straight from Patreon money, um, you know, and, and putting courses together, things like that, um, you know, that and keeping them free. You know, that, that can happen because of this type of support. So thank you guys. Thanks everybody who's, who's on board and supporting the show that way. Thank you. If you've, if you've supported it in the past and had to pull your funding for whatever reason, no worries. I appreciate it. Um, and if you've thought about it and if you will think about it, I appreciate that as well. Um, and if it doesn't work in your budget, no worries. There's a whole host of other ways you can support the show. Um, but Patreon is definitely one that, that really helps to move the needle. So thank you all. Kevin, thanks for bumping up your pledge again. Really appreciate that. Uh, and now we'll go ahead and, and uh, stop stop begging for money, at least for today, right? Um, but uh, thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, let me know. Let Amy know. Um, and uh, until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys.